Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of The Purple Hyacinth, La Lune. It's probably the shortest chapter title, (laughs) and the only one exclusively in French, I think. (laughs) So, La Lune, the moon. And we ended off last episode with Herman reading aloud the, what did he call it? Melodramatic? What did he call the letter? Some insulting term. I can't remember. It was not a nice term, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, because he's so straight-laced. He's like, what's this drama? Why are they putting this in? (laughs) So we see Lauren in her, in her, pretty detective-y outfit but yet with her high heels which I do not wear her high heels and I would never wear her high heels while doing um practical work I think I wear high heels to like a party once a year but anywho that's just my personal vendetta against the impracticalities of high heels anywho so but Lauren is um doing this detective work while this text is being read aloud inside this folder you will find everything we need to send Gregory McTraver to his final destination incarceration sorry and she's taking out some files she has a hat on she's masked each one of his crimes the names of his collaborators proof of payments all in order very organized now we see Kieran sipping from a cup at a bar instructions have been provided on how to trace any evidence that couldn't fit inside this envelope and now we see them probably in his cage uh, cave sorry (laughs) same thing cage cave (laughs) And surrounded by papers, stacks of papers, she's looking at them. He's on the floor sitting. You have the day to verify everything here is in accordance with what is already known in McTrevor. And then you see them typing things out. Kieran looks very frustrated. Lauren looks frustrated. Um, clearly, this is not their favorite part. <laughs> Either that or they're not working very well together. This kind of really shows their relationship and how they probably, they're both really stubborn and they probably don't work the best together but they still they still make it work yeah you know that's very interesting I always think about that because I'm a pretty strong-minded person and I know my husband's super um passive in many ways and I know that like I chose him because subconsciously I clicked with that my parents relationship was like that and I always wonder like I appreciate strong-minded people and he's strong-minded in other ways but I appreciate strong-minded people but I always wonder like how well can we work together so yeah, they're both very, very similar in many ways. Stubborn and strong-minded, wanting done their way. So I can see them clashing, but also working well together after getting over the, the hump of working together and having to compete for the authority. I think this panel also shows, um, this is Laura, by the way. Um, oh, I totally forgot. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and just for the listener, I was on um, a podcast a couple episodes ago, but um my voice is really raspy because I'm reco- my vocal cords have gone through a lot of damage, so I'm still recovering. Anyway, so just bear with my raspiness. So this particular panel, Kieran, he looks kind of goofy also. You can tell he's so tired. 
And then you can see Lauren looks so annoyed with him. And I think that also says a lot about their dynamic that she's always like super annoyed. And he's always trying to get right out of her. Mm -hmm. I find that's a very, I mean, they don't think of it as flirtatious, but it's like a very typical thing where like the boy teases and makes jokes and the girl's like, oh, come on, oh my gosh. And that's like really because, you know, like he's giving her attention and she's like, you know, throwing it off. But that's the dynamic I see with them. Yeah, yeah. And I was, while you were um, starting the episode, Mindy, I was looking back to see what Herman called it. He called it a prank, the evidence. So he, <laughs> yeah, it's called it a prank. Um, but... I did also want to point out in the first panel, um, when, when we see Lauren's high heels, like I also don't like high heels. I don't wear them correctly ever. Um, but I think it's interesting she chose to wear them to sneak into the um, the police department because you would think that'd be giving part of herself away if someone, if someone did come in and catch her. Like even mm -hmm. though most of herself is covered, she's got most of her face, she's wearing gloves. She, so she won't leave any like handprint or fingerprints or anything, but she's wearing heels. Yeah, and I'm sure it, like clack too. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's well, interesting that um, Lauren is shown, because um, normally, you know, she is, she's a police officer. She's all about upholding law. She's all about like morality. But here she's like in the darkness where Kieran normally works in the darkness, but it's Lauren this time that's in working under the cover of darkness. And then Kieran in the cafe or the bar or wherever he is, he's more in the light. It's interesting. Different guys either. Right. mask with the hat, and he's just out in the open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's still being um, like, well, I don't know what the word is. He's still like, uh, he looks kind of like he's in the corner, <laughs> away from everybody else. He's still reclusive. Maybe that's the word. He's still mm -hmm. like keeping to himself. But yeah, he's not trying to be in disguise or hide himself. So it's interesting because what he said to, to Lauren way back in the beginning when they met, he said, I walk around with his face and nobody screams and runs away. So his identity is separated from his himself, right, from his face. And when people know his identity, they're like, okay, totally bad. But Lauren has, her identity and herself are one and the same right now. Up until now, she's always been Lauren and she's been, you know, straight face, whatever she is, she is. Now she has to hide, she has to separate that clean face identity and disguise herself so that she can do these illicit activities whereas he's always kind of had that separation it's kind of risky for lauren honestly because of her place she's so high up in society and even if she's not well known her family name is and if she got found out like it would be pretty bad for her whole family yeah and, including tristan <laughs> tristan could possibly be fired because uh -huh. of that yeah. You know, I bet you Lauren didn't even think about that. She's so single-minded and it's kind of a little bit, I'm not going to say self-centered in a bad way, but like focused. I, I don't even know if that crossed her mind. That's a good point. She's always just wanted like one thing. And I don't think that she really thinks ahead as much. Like she thinks ahead, but doesn't think about the bigger pictures and how it might affect other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, and the letter continues. As for his arrest, you will find him at his home at 23 Palmore Street. I feel like we should Google this. Do you think it has any significance? <laughs> Probably not. Let me just do a quick Google. Palmore meaning. 
Uh, Norman Conquest, 1066, someone who worked as a Palmer. Okay, someone, I guess, not that I know what Palmer is. Anyway, palm trees, probably not significant. <laughs> so now we see, um, I think, Lauren typing. On November 15th, at precisely 11, 11 p.m., and we see this very cute image of like these hooded, cloaked figures on the roof. A little bit chibi, even though we don't see their faces. Not a minute more, not one less. But you could totally tell Kieran put that line in because it's like so over the top. Very dramatic, yes. <laughs> um, and this this panel of them, I'm assuming it's Lauren and Kieran on the roof, right? On, on the Trevor's roof. And at first I was like, oh, I was foreshadowing that they're going to be there um, before the police get there. But um, I also think it might be them staking out a Trevor's like nightly habit. Like they're trying to figure out when he goes to bed, what his routine is. So they, so they can tell the police when to show up. Yeah. So I also didn't think much of it until I read Meg's um, novelization. And she also interpreted it that way that they were staking it out so they could see exactly what his habits were. Yeah. So now I'm in a more, now I'm in a less. And again, you know, now it looks like she's putting it on the cart. And it is imperative that the contents of this envelope remain under the seal of secrecy until that time. And now we see her placing it on the cart, gloved, a phantom scythe has eyes and ears everywhere. Boom, boom. <laughs> and then we go back to the office. Herman, <laughs> is it bad to say this? I think he looks great in this shot. I know everyone loves to hate Herman. They're like, Herman is ugly. I'm like, Herman, nobody in this whole story is ugly. And I think he looks great here. I don't know. I, I think mean, I've taken it for myself. Be to honest. I'm mm-hmm. going to be honest he aged well but I don't but his personality and just the way that he treats people uh cancels it out got it and yeah that's more to cancel it out for me but he did age a lot of the people in this like aged well it just some of them their personality overtakes what they look like got it I also think it's hilarious that you call him aged I'm like he's like what 40 <laughs> okay he's probably he's probably later than 40 but I don't know, I'm 31 and I'm at the age where like many of their 40s are, those are the men that I, you know, look at, I'm married, but whatever. But so like guys in their 20s are like babies. Anyway, so <laughs> if it's Kieran's are revealed, <laughs> it's Kieran's, <laughs> sorry, my mind was thinking of Kieran as the, as the young 20 year old. If it's contents are revealed <laughs> or leaked, the whole co- operation could be compromised and you lose your only chance to stop McGregor. <laughs> Sorry, and Lauren is smirking over her coffee cup. She wrote it. She's glad that it's getting attention. Yeah. yeah. I hope no one is looking at her right now, is all I'm saying. I know if someone is, she's trying to hide her smirk by taking a sip of coffee. Yeah. And it's also, um, yeah, when I was on the podcast a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that the lighting is very symbolic. And so, um, when Herman is reading the letter, his life, his face is completely in the light and he's like reading what's happening. And then Lauren's face, it's mostly in the shadow here. <laughs> I'll be sneaky. Very true. That's great. And now Herman has this just exasperated look and he's like, apparently the writer holds his own theatrics in very high esteem. Hilarious and pretentious. Oh God. <laughs> and I do just want to mention that they automatically assume that the person that wrote it is male, mm-hmm. which already automatically takes some suspicion off of Lauren. Mm-hmm. And interesting to think about how at least Herman thinks that only it, it was only a male, which is interesting to think about for me. 
I'm totally not surprised. Um, you know, it's stereotypes that people have. <laughs> Still have it today. So, you know, of course they. We don't, obviously this isn't a specific like time period, but not surprised that he assumes that that it's a male. I mean, oh well, better for Lauren, I guess, right? <laughs> Much yeah, for Lauren. Herman also assumes it's just one person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they did. They do end up signing it, right? So, like, they didn't specify two people, so or more. Anyway, Lauren spits out her coffee. Not very subtle, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> And Marsh says, from what I've seen in this final, this work is a professional. Um, this is the work of a professional, which Marsh, by the way, he doesn't even know it, but he's always consistently throughout the comic, you know, giving Lauren credit where credit is due and praising her work. So here he is doing it <laughs> unknowingly. Uh, she's coughing. He continues, it has to be someone with precise knowledge of our investigations on McTrevor. Okay. And he's um, looking around the room as he's yeah. saying that. Is he, is he implying that it's someone in the room? Pretty much. Somebody <laughs> in the police. And Will asks, is it signed? And Herman says, yes. He calls himself Loon. And we see the, the signature on the typed letter. Okay. Well, Loon means moon. Why do you think they call themselves Loon? I guess I've never really thought about this. But, I mean, I know that uh, Soph and F are, even if they don't admit it, there is a lot of symbolism mm -hmm. and stuff. So I'm sure that there's some symbolic reason behind it. I assume it's probably because of like how they're sort of working in the dark almost. Yeah. That's what I thought too. I'm trying to think yeah. if there's anything more, like the moon is a reflection of the sunlight. Mm -hmm. not sure how, that, how we can connect that yeah it could be something like that um the moon is like a bright spot in the dark sky um okay. yeah and... the bright spot against in the darkness of the terror and the confusion and the unknown right and some the the moon is has phases right so sometimes it's like full bright and it's like super mm -hmm. bright in the sky and sometimes it's just a little mm -hmm. sliver waxes and wanes grows and strength right. and decreases okay mm -hmm. um it could also be some sort of um uh what am i trying to say maybe the way like kieran and lauren think of themselves or or something like kieran operates more in the darkness lauren more in the light maybe okay maybe it's like the two of them coming together maybe if you're this is it's very speculative, but like the idea of the sun reflecting off or the moon reflecting the light of the sun, maybe something that has to do with that. I'm trying to articulate it well. I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. um, but this panel also shows the of the letter is half in shadow, half in light. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I just think that really ties in well with the idea of the moon, of them as loom. Yeah, very true. Maybe also, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, maybe also it has some sort of meaning with like when Kieran first approached Lauren about this idea, he said, you know, you're a police officer, I'm a criminal, we could work on both sides of the law. Mm -hmm. So they're on this side of, of the law being super uh, shady about how they're collecting the evidence, but also presenting it to the police so that 
the police can work on the right side of the law to take care of it, maybe. Mm. I just thought also maybe because the moon um, appears and reappears by night and disappears during the day. So like they too, you know, at night they operate in one way and, and during the day they operate on different faces, like you said. So appearing and reappearing. Cool, cool. <laughs> I mean, same thing we said for the sun, but whatever, let's disregard that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we've analyzed that part quite uh, roundly. So now we get to the clock. It's five o'clock. Day's over. Will says, good job on the patrol today. They're packing up. And Marsh says, we've combed over the entire file, Captain. Everything is correct. Honestly, I've never seen anything like this. Knowing that the station did this, I guarantee you. <laughs> Which just to me is like, this is way too good for any one of us to have done this. <laughs> like, is that what you're saying, March? <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, he's right. Because Lauren got all this information through Kieran. Mm-hmm. and I mean someone could have done it but this is really only information that someone from the fandom side could have gotten yeah and Lauren um is finally making a statement to like make her seem normal and you know she has to act as usual and she says what if it's a trap laid out by someone from the fandom site or working closely with its members and Herman again credit to Herman He's not completely a douche. He says, Officer Sinclair is right. I will not let this loon criminal dictate the actions of the Arthalis Police Department. There's no legal way he could have compiled this. And this is very, this has like two elements of Herman. It has the, the part that I, not that I relate to it, but the part that I commiserate with, which is the, we called it last episode, I think lawful, lawful good, a lawful neutral, um, which is where he's a stickler. He's a by the book kind of guy. And Leslie mentioned, you know, that's the kind of guy you want to have running the police department. You want to have a guy who sticks to the rules. But then there's this other part to Herman where he is very proud and he has a little bit of an ego. And that's the first part of what he says, that he doesn't want this loon person to dictate his, the police department's actions. He wants it kind of be, he doesn't want to be led around by someone else. And that's his pride speaking, which granted, I to- it's a un- really understandable um, trait, you know, he's the head of the police and I understand that he doesn't want anyone else to be dictating him, but others like March, who now says he's willing to accept help in order to get the case resolved. He's willing to put his pride aside, or he probably didn't have that pride to begin with. He says, Captain, I've been working with Trevor's case for five years. Everyone knows he's a crook with probable ties to the phantom site. His wealth protects him, but this time there's not enough gold in the world to bail him out. And Will says, it might be a trap, but we're the APD. He, we know he's guilty of everything he's been accused of. We have everything we need to arrest him tonight. It's our responsibility to follow up on this. So it's very interesting that like Herman displays both of his sides in that statement. Yeah. And going back to the lighting idea, like he, his face is in this panel is completely in the light. He's like being really open and honest about his pride and also being a one to follow the rules. Um, March, when he says, um, you know, this, this could put him behind bars. Um, he's half in the shadow, half in light. Um, so maybe he's m- more willing to compromise, be a little bit more shady. He's like, I, I know we don't know how we got this information and probably didn't come by legal means, but we can still use it. Uh, and then William, he is completely in the light. He's like, we have a responsibility to follow up on this. This is, this is our moral obligation. That is such a will statement. I didn't even think about it, but yeah, he's all about responsibility and duty. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I know I'm foreshadowing some later stuff, but yeah, I mean, they've characterized him very well where he's just always consistent. 
and Herman doesn't want to uh, hear that. He says, then we arrest him now, which is pretty stupid in my opinion. Mark says, no, I want to wait for the time Loon specified. He's like, you want to follow his instructions? Why? He can't stand other people telling him what to do, which I get. He's like, he was right about everything else. There must be a reason for the deadline. Wouldn't it be wiser to respect it? And maybe, and then, which is his smart. But now he's also being even more clever because he's catering to Herman's sensibilities. When you speak to someone, effective communication involves understanding your um, listener and what motivates them and what would get them to understand you. So he now says, and maybe if Loon's there, we can catch him in the act too, which is something that Herman does want. So he's being using persuasion that Herman can understand and relate to. And he's like, you? <laughs> like fine it's your time to waste he sighs mark you're in charge of this gather your team he storms off but then he stops and he says and this shall this um exceptional incident shall remain strictly confidential until the case is solved until mctrevor is either behind bars or back home in his bed i mean this is a very emphatic panel he's quite stringent and strict about this am i clear focus in on the eyes the dark eyes. Oh man, he needs business. <laughs> yep. And then yeah, everyone's like, yes, sir. You could just like see them saluting. <laughs> and now he brings his face closer to March. And he's like confronting him. He's like, and March, that envelope didn't just fly onto the mail trolley. Someone must have put it there. And I want that person found. Boom boom. <laughs> Ooh, he can't handle it. And I get it. I do get it because honestly, it is a pretty, it's a suspicious incident. And if they're saying that they have information the police department doesn't have, it's probably someone working with a phantom site. I totally get why he is concerned about that. Yeah. And the way he's looking at March, um, maybe he's just angry, but also I wonder if he's like implying that March is on thin ice. Like has March... Mm -hmm. Uh, ever stepped out of line before or has he like gotten on his dad's side somehow or is this just enough to make Herman um so angry with him <laughs> I don't know. that's a good question um in light of some more really recent episodes about March uh, and his family maybe uh, well you heard it here first then from Laura, from Laura. <laughs> <laughs> if that turns out to be the case <laughs> Um, before we move on to the next part, uh, just going back up to when Lauren, um, like you said, she still has to act in character. She still has to act like herself. And so she said, what if it's a trap? What if it's laid from someone's from the Phantom Scythe or working closely with its members? I also wonder if that's Lauren's way of maybe like trying to come clean as much as possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like she's trying to hint to her, at least her friends. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's feeling kind of guilty. Interesting. Or maybe not. Well, you know, the best version of a lie is as close to the truth as possible, apparently. <laughs> so I'm told. So that could also be a version of it. <laughs> okay. So now we are night at nighttime. It is 930, 1030, sorry. <laughs> 1030 at night. And make sure ever is in his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> carrying a candle presumably going to bed and we hear a creak <laughs> oh dear ominous and this is the window right 
that they're coming in from or is it the door that's creaking? It looks like the door. I think they already are in the room. Okay. He opens the door and whoosh, we have, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love their outfits. I have to say, like their, their outfits. outfits are so classy. They always have the best outfits. <laughs> like I assume Kieran must make a lot of money from being an assassin, like a decent amount of money to be an assassin, enough to have many different outfits. He's a fashionable person. Oh, they're gorgeous. I actually have, I dressed up um, for Purim, which is where you, with holiday where you dress up. I dressed up like in the Victorian era several times and I just decided to give away the outfit because I'm like, I haven't worn it since I dressed up. I'm like, I'm not gonna keep it in my closet. Let someone else enjoy it. But yeah, it was very much that look that like the, the you know, the shirt and then like the vest. I had all that. I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> just gorgeous. So yeah, this is, I believe this is Lauren actually, the first one that we see. And um, yeah, but they both look stunning. Oh gosh, fashion. And they, we have a, a, a shot of them, the side of their faces. And again, I think it's just showing the intense parallelism between them, both wearing hats, both masked, you know, covering everything except their eyes. And, you know, they are now working as a team. So like whatever distinctions are present during the day are out the window now. Um, you know, again, symbolically and metaphorically. So, and they say together, good evening, sir. So they definitely are a team. So dramatic in unison. Yeah. I really love in this webtoon, there are a decent amount of like, I like two, ha like half of the face together scenes almost like this one right here. And I just, I love them. They're, they make it seem like the two people are not together, but like you can see how they like are working together and it's really interesting. And I just, I love them. Mm -hmm. I want to read the creator's <laughs> note. They, they know how gorgeous they are because they say, good evening, sir. I'm a thief and I'm here to steal your heart. And they said it in singular, just like you said. So they are one person, which by the way, is totally a foreshadowing of when they will be married and one person forever and ever, just saying. <laughs> okay, Mindy. <laughs> Um, what do you think the significance is of um, Lauren being on the right with Kieran and being on the left? Lauren's also slightly higher than Kieran. Okay, well, I know in Judaism, which totally is not relevant, the right side is considered more dominant because most people are right-handed. So it's like you always start out on the right and like that's the more important than like, you know, respectable hand. So there's that. And, you know, her being on top. So she's like the law the one who's pure in the eyes of the world so far. <laughs> yeah, you could see that. <laughs> I guess I also- I really think of much for this one, but there may be symbolism. Maybe. Yeah, I was thinking along those same lines, Mindy, that maybe it's like Lauren perceives herself as like higher than Kieran, or maybe the author, the creators want us to think of Lauren that way. Mm. Um, it could also be like a, a, perspe a perspective thing like Lauren is closer to the window so she's further away from Trevor as he walks into the room Kieran's closer to him mm -hmm. right I mean Kieran is the more cap I, I think he's the more capable one physically I know that they're pretty evenly matched but I think he's he edges out 
And um, so maybe he's, and also maybe there's still chivalry and he's like, I'm the guy, I have to be, you know, the one in front in case there's any danger, I'll protect you. <laughs> if we're going to read into it, which I'm not sure if we should, but if we're gonna. <laughs> maybe she just wants to look cool, leaning back, nonchalant. <laughs> he's in the, in the moonlight. Oh, yeah, but he also has a pretty nonchalant pose. He's, um, I think he's like uh, squatting and his arms are crossed. So he looks pretty chill as well. <laughs> of course, they both have to look cool. What less would we expect of them? <laughs> um, going up just a little bit before we see them in the room is, what is that white foosh? Is that like a, one of the curtains for the window or is because it doesn't look like it matches the, the decor of the room. I think so. I guess there's a curtain somewhere that they just opened up and went through. I guess. Maybe it's part of their drama. They tried to like obscure <laughs> McTever's face as he walks in the room. It, Maybe they just bring their own curtain. <laughs> Do we have any final thoughts on this episode? All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I don't know what happened to Emma, but it's okay. No, Emma. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Um, this was a pretty short episode, but okay. Yeah. Well, very yeah. dramatic. <laughs> so <laughs> dramatic. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Emma. <laughs> Wherever you went. <laughs> thanks yeah. for having us to meet. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks so much. I'll see you, catch you all later. All right. Bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons Susie, Lady Libris, Alley Cat, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Ann Rose, Priya, and Alexa. Your support is much appreciated. Mm -hmm.